Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. What a crazy meal we got. Crazy. I can't, uh, I can't even parse it. So that's my angel. <laughs> I don't even know what the, any of this means. <laughs> I can't help you. I don't know what... Susan Sontag? How's that tie in? It's starting, I can tell by the music. <laughs> this we know. This. Here we go. Brothers, sisters, siblings, welcome to Penn Sunday School, starring Penn Gillette. My name is Michael Godot, Matt Penn, Reddy Rich, and I are broadcasting from Show Creator Studios South here in Las Vegas. Our friend Joel Fishman has died. We're going to talk about what he meant to us. We'll also talk about the amazing Jonathan's Memorial Service. Kind of a death show. That's a good intro, right? That brought people in. Here he is, preaching love through the death. Mr. Pendulette. Preaching love. And, you know, uh, I decided last night, as I was driving home from the big show, I said, you know, we have bitched enough about daylight savings time. <laughs> it's now been Godot back on the radio show the 30th podcast. <laughs> we have bitched about daylight savings time. We have complained enough about it. And yet I get up this morning and found there were still complaints. <laughs> I also realized now, you know, like when, uh, guys used to say, oh, my aching ass, oh, my aching back. Yeah. It's just kind of a goddamn thing. I just thought that that was just metaphorical. <laughs> and now I realize I can swear on any part of my body as aching. <laughs> I just ache all the fucking time. Aching acres. <laughs> aching acres. And I am tired. I am really fucking tired. But Godot, yeah. I want you to cheer me up a little bit and talk about how tired you are. <laughs> uh, we did. I did shows last night in in Utah in Salt Lake what City. What was the show? Utah, Utah, Putty Cat. I taught. I taught Utah. <laughs> now, um, uh, what kind of show were you doing in Utah? Um, uh, there's a, a a very small magic convention there, uh-huh. and in addition to it, they had a public show mm-hmm. at a little uh, at a at a an ex movie theater that a magician had purchased mm-hmm. and uh, half of it is now a, a live show theater and half is still a movie theater. Mm-hmm. And do you hear that coming through the walls? No, they don't run actual movies there. <laughs> I, I don't believe it's, I'm not sure. If what, it's, what is the sentence? Half it's still a movie theater mean? Well, I mean, I looked in there last night and the, and the people who worked there were in there watching a movie. <laughs> 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 so uh, at, at some point, this was a, a, a regular-sized movie theater, and then they went, wow, the multiplexes are coming, and so they built a wall down the middle mm-hmm. and made two Boy, those long, skinny, those very old, good angles. Those old <laughs> ones are so weird. Yeah. When you go to the movie theaters that just put a wall in between them, yeah. and you're kind of angled in a weird way at the screen. <laughs> well, these are all still straight. They've, yeah. They're still straight, yeah. but they've cut the screen in half with a wall. And uh, one side is for live performance. And so how, he, how many seats? Uh, two, two fifty on each side, probably. Yeah. And we had quite a few people. It was uh, very well attended. It was open for the magicians in in the magic convention, who I, I believe were probably not more than 
40 or 50. Mm -hmm. And then the the public, and there were a couple hundred people at the show last night. What was the show? Uh, it was me and my friend Jacob Jacks mm -hmm. did uh, 45 minutes, and then there was a short intermission, and then Vinnie Grasso did the final 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. So that was the whole big event right there. You said Bizarro was also. Well, you. Bizarro worked the night before us. Bizarro drove back with us. Uh, whose car? <laughs> uh, we rented a car for the other. And who was actually driving? Uh, me and Vinny. Uh, so you, Vinny, Jacob, and Bizarro. And there's car. no way you would let Jacob or Bizarro near a steering wheel oh, really? that you were going to ride. Well, you're not a great driver. Compared to those guys? <laughs> <laughs> let them drive a bus with no training. I know. I know. <laughs> and survive. <laughs> and you, uh, here's, what I, here's, here's what I think. When I get really, really tired, mm -hmm. any sort of idea of good food goes out the window. Yes. So at like 2 a.m. driving from, what did you eat at the gas station? <laughs> I had, I had. Uh, Snowballs? Ho-hos. Ah, was close. Was very, very, close. Very, close. very close. Very close. Very close. And I've very come up with close. the perfect joke for ho-hos. I said, would you like a ho-ho? And your response is yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and a microwave cheeseburger. Oh, all the, that's middle of the night food. I've never, I've never pulled the trigger on a hot food from a gas station. Really? I can't do it. This is, this was in the I'll freezer. Eat, all I, will, I had to microwave it myself. That's what I mean. Is like, I, the, the, I, like, uh, anything with that, yeah, that's the, anything you heat right. yourself at a, at a, at a 7 Eleven yeah. or whatever grosses me out. I and can't, I, it really does. I can't, I've never I had, I also it. had a Dunkin' Donuts coffee drink and I covered the cheeseburger with, Pickle but, relish. But let's talk again. Now, <laughs> I've been vegan for a while, uh -huh. and the idea of a regular hamburger kind of grosses me out. Yeah. The idea of a gas station hamburger is so repulsive. When's the last time you had a, a meat hamburger there, uh, uh, Matt? Uh, <laughs> Six hours. No, no, no. But it's uh, yeah. I've, I've when traveling or whatever. I've still I've still caved or whatever now and again. Uh, probably. It's funny that I can't remember. Uh, I mean, for me, it's been years. Yeah. I don't think it's probably been like within a year, probably yeah. I've had one. But when was the last time you were driving from Utah at three in the morning? <laughs> right. <laughs> because, uh, uh, because then the urge is different. I would do French fries. Yeah. Or I would buy, uh, I, I'm doing this show, which I'm not allowed to say. I'm yes. Not allowed to talk about right. it. Right. Uh, you shouldn't. Shooting it Tuesday mm -hmm. in LA. And uh, it's a new show that they don't want any thing about said but they asked me uh we did a zoom with the person who uh who uh is uh the, the, the producer yeah it's a game show or something and they said to me this i guess this is really pathetic really pathetic they said what would your ideal last meal be if you were gonna die <laughs> what would you have for your last meal mm -hmm. and i said a big jar of peanut butter and a bag of potato chips <laughs> <laughs> now I've eaten at the greatest restaurants in the world. Yeah. Yeah. And last meal, you're saying, well, the vegan goes out the window. Yeah. You're opening up the whole range. Yeah. This was the range they gave me, jar of peanut butter and uh, and a bag of potato. And I said Lay's, regular yellow Lay's <laughs> yeah, potato yeah. chips. I have never seen anyone savor chips as you savor chips. You eat chips by the handful very quickly. I love <laughs> both hands in the bag. Oh God! Crushing them up and God. jamming them in your mouth. Oh it yeah, is. I potato chips are uh, everything to me. And then Teller said, which I thought was nice. He said, uh, "Nice scrambled eggs with some toast." 
And I said, yeah, egg beaters. Uh, the, the fake, not egg beaters, <laughs> but the uh, just eggs. Just eggs. Yeah. I said, Dell said, oh, yeah, just eggs, even better, with a little bit of cheese. And I said, that's good, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, if you wanted to kill Penn and Teller, yeah. and you said, let's budget this out, you know, what does it cost for this, this, and this? Yeah. Oh, God, the last meal. It looks like you're coming in under five bucks for both classes. <laughs> exactly, yep. Yeah. <laughs> you could probably get a drink for yourself as well for five bucks. <laughs> sure, sure. Pick up a little stuff. Kill Penn and Teller, I'm going to get Coke. Yeah. <laughs> Here's five bucks. Yeah. Your last meal there, if I were to ask. Gas station cheeseburger. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a lot of pickle relish. Oh. I don't like pickle relish either. Motherfucker. Go ahead. It is a crap microwave cheeseburger. I don't want to taste what the cheeseburger tastes like. I'll tell you that. I want the warm texture of cheeseburger. Being a vegan teaches you more than anything else that the joy of a hot dog has nothing to do with a hot dog. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. You can take a hot dog bun, fill it with sauerkraut and mustard, and you're done. (laughs) Yep. No problem. Absolutely. We put a little carrot in there. Yeah. You don't need to. Yeah. What's your last meal? Uh, I don't even know. Probably like a really, I like a really, uh, if I pull the trigger on a really good chicken parm, crispy, uh, uh, still crispy, but the sauce on it. On it so it's it really, it's nine fifty to kill uh, Matt Donald. You can kill Ben and Teller for five bucks together. Yeah, yeah. You're nine fifty. There's certain months of Burger King where it's two for five. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, your last meal. Might be oh, jum- jambalaya. Turkey dinner. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving turkey well, We're dinner. starting off with a, a $20 turkey right away. So yeah. that's, well, not that's only that, I'm giving myself an extra eight hours to live. Because <laughs> <laughs> you got leftovers. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. it takes that long to cook a turkey. <laughs> yeah. I want, <laughs> I want a Kansas City brisket just because it takes 30 hours. <laughs> got to be smoked. I yeah. would like some <laughs> kimchi. Yeah. <laughs> really bury the hundred year old eggs. Hundred <laughs> year old egg. How long are eggs actually? Hundred year old eggs are like but it really is like It's eggs. weeks. It's long it's time. Weeks. I think it's it maybe weeks for the cheap ones, but I think I'll tell you I'll tell you that when I was not a vegan, that um incredibly long old what what are the words you use? Cheddar cheese <laughs> aged. <laughs> Aged cheddar cheese, like ten years until it is until it is the same as as quartz. Until it's quartz, yeah, Yeah. that's very very. That's really good. That is very good. Really expensive too. If you wanted to kill somebody with that grilled cheese of that, (laughs) that's that's a good forty bucks, and you have to wait ten years. Right. So that's probably the answer. That's a good answer. Yeah, I want it freshly made by you. <laughs> yeah, I'll make it. <laughs> so, uh, but we were talking. So the show, you drove back. Were you talking or was there radio? I, I See, I have traveled a lot, a lot to do shows, but it's always with Teller or it's with crew that I'm close to. Right. I have never, see, you guys had the experience that I never had of being thrown in in a temporary yeah, uh, it, that's a, a delightful thing that I you have missed. Uh, movies, movies, I've, I've, I've experienced that. Yeah. You know, you do a movie, but that's, Right, that's, there's five people in the cast and you hang with them. For, yeah, yeah. You're assigned a best friend for a week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And it's often fantastic. Mm-hmm. Often great. You hang out with these people, you go to the Eiffel Tower, you find dinner somewhere. It's really an enjoyable. Yeah, I've never had really that experience. Now you just did a variety show, right, Matt Donnelly? I did. Yeah, there's a woman, Sarah Hester Ross, 
uh, very funny comedian in town, and she started hosting uh, the spot downtown every couple of weeks, and she asked me to do uh, a slot in her shows. Mm-hmm. And it's always interesting to do magic in variety slots because mm-hmm. you're like, all right, now you've listened to a couple of comedians and the singer, and now I'm going to ask you to disbelieve things. And so it's always interesting to try to, have you ever tried to do magic in variety slots? Well, we, I mean, uh, this is a, for Prince Charles, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that really is the answer. <laughs> we did that three times. So you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You didn't have to get there early. You and I, we're the up. same. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was Tony Bennett. <laughs> I mean, is that, yeah. that's, we, we were on. Same we, deal. Same problem, you yeah. and I. It was Tony Bennett, uh, Tim Minchin, uh, Lady Gaga. Yeah. Uh, you had to bring your own mic, right? And plug it in. Yeah, they were sure prepared. You had, you had the right adapter. You started talking about sight lines, and they're like, what? <laughs> But, you know, it was, uh, and then earlier it was Fry and Laurie, you know, Stephen Fry, yeah, sure. Hugh Laurie. <laughs> I mean, those are comics. <laughs> we got to come out and do a magic show, and Bridge Charles was the MC. This is exactly that. <laughs> <laughs> I hope when this topic comes up in other conversations, you launch immediately into it the same. <laughs> like, oh, variety, sure, yeah. We were doing the Prince Charles game. <laughs> okay, so I've experienced that. <laughs> so I've, I've done it twice now. Tony Bennett. Uh, the first time I was on after Brian Laurie, I, I did a, a one comedic piece, and then everyone else was doing longer sets, and so she said, you can do longer uh, if you come back. And so I decided to do like 10 minutes instead of five. Mm-hmm. And um, I know, look at me go. But as soon as I tried to string one trick to another, it felt weird in the room. Like it just was like the audience was not there to to buckle into magic, you know. And it still went well, and people and the things that were funny were funny. And I still planned comedy forward pieces and all that stuff. But it was just interesting to to uh, kind of feel the room go like, oh, we're, I don't know if we've signed up for all of this. <laughs> you know, when does Prince Charles come in? <laughs> I'll uh, you can amuse me once with your magic, but not <laughs> twice, not three times. I won't, I won't be doing that. Thank you. Now, uh, have we gotten to the point where if someone woke you up in the middle of the night, yeah, sound asleep, yeah, dead sound asleep, and shook you and said, "What do you do?" That you would answer, magician. Oh, interesting. Have we got to that? Have you crossed? Have you crossed the Rubicon? That's what I'm saying. Have you turned the key and broken it off? <laughs> I think I have. <laughs> it's my children look at me as a magician, which I think is weird. Uh huh. And I'm working enough that today, <laughs> so they don't trust you either. <laughs> no, they don't trust me either. They're like, they're like, I'll count. What card is it, Dad? I'll count the bills into my own hand. Thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> Nice allowance trick, Dad. <laughs> like today, I was like, "Oh, I gotta go, guys." And like, wait, are you going like away? I go, no, no, I'm just going to uh, to Penn Sunday School. I'm just going to podcast. And they go, "Oh, okay," but I'm going yeah. away enough that they they get like, "Oh, you're leaving." And so I guess I'm working enough that that's yep. in their mind. So according to my kids' compass, yeah, I'm a working magician. So I guess I would probably say magician. Yeah, well, I have to go in for career day, and I'm sure they don't want me to talk about podcasting. <laughs> 
to, to first and uh, second Did you already do that? Good. No, no. I talked about signing up for it. It happens at the end of this month, May, uh, March 29th. And you're pretty nervous. I'm very nervous. <laughs> very nervous. <laughs> I'm about to go to House of Cards for the first time, which is a very prestigious place. And you do a thousand shows. And I'm not, I, I'm still focused so much on career day. <laughs> i'm like all right we'll figure it out well it's just so hard to see yourself it's it's hard to see your it's hard to see myself as a dad yeah and it's hard to see myself as uh having a profession you're right <laughs> those two things are very yeah. difficult for me well even like you know we were at uh, the rehearsal the other day mm-hmm. and teller basically yelled at me because magicians were having a conversation where they needed a guy i knew a guy and I waited till the end of rehearsal to say, I know a guy. Yeah. <laughs> and Teller was like, why didn't you say you knew a guy? And in my head, I want to be like, because real magicians were talking to each other. <laughs> and I'm not supposed to be a part of that conversation, I don't think. <laughs> it was only afterward. But I might possibly be in the same club where I could say, I know a guy. <laughs> I waited till the end. Yeah, Teller reprimanded you he did. for knowing a guy and not speaking up. He did. He did. All other venues had been exhausted. <laughs> well, magic always creates the strangest of needs. Yes, it really does. You know. Yes. Do you do you, do you know a guy that can train a chicken? <laughs> well, here's an example: is that uh, there's no good bang guns. Guns where you pull the trigger and a bang a flag. Oh, yeah. None. Yeah. So I called the guy who made a bunch of props for me. I was like, do you know there's none? Like, I can't even pay a lot of money for a good one. Like, willing to pay, like, 200 bucks on Etsy for vintage-style gun with bang flag. Can't find it. <laughs> yeah, the stuff that you think, uh, you just can't get, like, a dribble glass. Got to do it yourself. Can't get a good dribble glass. Yeah, it's strange. You have staff. That's the good news. I have you say, staff. Nate, make a dribble yeah. glass. <laughs> and Nate spends three thousand dollars in four weeks making a dribble glass. Is, yeah, <laughs> they have staff, and then they challenge their staff by getting more and more ridiculous as time goes on. <laughs> I don't know how much you can talk about the new stuff, but you guys the are Quonset Hut of Green. <laughs> you guys are working on really weird, really weird, funny stuff. We want, we want a green forklift that you <laughs> that you can't see. <laughs> so we're doing a green screen thing and we're driving a forklift on. <laughs> and um, I think it's going to be really funny. It is funny. It's also, you currently possess a, 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 at least a model of a green screen forklift. Yeah. And it's really weird and funny looking. Essentially Siegfried and Roy without curtains. <laughs> <laughs> Are both sides green screen or just one? Because that's a really funny prop right there. No, nope. one, one side. We, we had okay. a line. All right. Line All right. We're, we're doing it right. Okay. I think the only one that knows funny. Godot would come in and go, do you need a bigger forklift? No, Godot, we don't need a bigger forklift. I wanted to make sure you knew that you had to paint only one side of it. I do know, I do know that. I'm trying to save you some money. <laughs> oh, you, with the, with, the, with, the, with the turkey dinner, cost 40 yeah, yeah. bucks to kill you. I'm not dying you. at the end of this trick. <laughs> So, yeah. 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 So you were on doing a variety show. Yeah, yeah. But magicians all the time go on variety shows. Yep. Why are you having trouble with it? No, I'm just, I'm personally just discovered in that environment. I was curious talking to more experienced people like you and Prince Charles. (laughs) Basically that like, uh, in my head, because you asked me to do one at the end of next month too. And it's like, I should just do one hunk again, I think. 
And I don't, I don't so know. So you think the hard part is segueing into a second thing? Yeah, yeah. I just think because uh, be- because uh, with a comic, you don't know how long the hunk is, right? And with a magician, you do. Yeah, the trick is over, yeah. and then am it's I staying on stage? Starts another They're one. All three or four minutes. It's so. going to be four minutes. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Or if I should, yeah. If I, Whereas if a guy brings up, you know. I went to a Puerto Rican wedding last week. Yeah, yeah. You don't know if he's doing one line or if he's doing 20 minutes. Oh, actually, it's funny. The first show I did, there's a great guy in town. And this is a story. It's not a knock on him. <laughs> this is a funny story. Uh, it's uh, going to be a knock on him. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. John D. Domenico. I've seen him around town. Just Trump impersonators. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so he was on, and he got hired for this big gig. And so he had to try this new material that he needed to try for this new gig. And he had like a little um, printed out, you know, to read. Kind of like, mm-hmm. what's a what's the thing? A holder, a folder holder thing. <laughs> Binder, <laughs> goddammit, is the only word I couldn't think of. <laughs> That's the word that cracked him. Yeah, yeah. And so he had a certain amount of time and but he was going through his material and he was going through his binder and he went over his time. And so they're trying to give him the light, but he's not he's just, you know, he's just pressing looking, looking up from his book. binder. Yeah. <laughs> so point like a tech person was like on the ground with a flashlight trying to flash like up and up from the back of the room <laughs> and also he's really good uh at what he does so backstage he's warming up and he starts talking as trump and me and several performers just got like instant ptsd like he just started talking <laughs> and like he just ever started getting crabby and like a, in a, like a bad mood <laughs> like and we literally were like it's not you <laughs> but man that's the weird it's weird to hear that voice so much again. And his politics, I assume, are very anti-Trump. You know, honestly, it's hard to tell. I he I think he just likes money, <laughs> uh, which is good. Money, money, right? money, money. Because he definitely seems to carve carve it both ways, and he almost takes the temperature of the room as he goes. And mm-hmm. so you can see him kind of pick up on it. So then he was on again, this time with no binder, and knew the crowd, and knew it doesn't like Trump, and, so, and then completely blasted it that way and crushed Mm -hmm. so it was was interesting i'm going to talk a little bit about the importance of making your home a place that brings as much joy as possible yeah you want joy in your home and you got to create a space that has joy in your home and if you're like me you don't know how to do that right uh you have no idea your home should show off what makes you you and Joybird. that's what we're talking about in case you're wondering yeah in case i don't want to bury the lead it's Joybird we're gonna be talking about Selection of customizable furniture and modern home decor lets you bring unique style into your space. Joybird offers modern customizable furniture. Oh, look, you hear how I just do customizable like it wasn't even a hard word? So good. Customizable. <laughs> I was actually going to compliment on you. you then you interrupted him because he was about to mess it up. <laughs> <laughs> you covered for me. Customizable <laughs> furniture for every space available in a variety of vibrant, durable, fabric Fabric options. <laughs> Who knew fabric would be the hard one? <laughs> Get ready. Get ready for Joybird's good luck sale. Are you ready for Joybird's good luck sale? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got, you know, we, we, we take, I told you, my mother-in-law moved out, got her own house. Yeah. And, uh, and so we have this room. We're putting a couch in that folds out. Mm-hmm. It's all Joybird stuff. Very, very, very groovy. Choose from over 18,000 customizable options. Boom, right through it or browse curated collections to find a perfect piece for your one-of-a-kind style. Book a virtual showroom appointment to chat with the showroom stylist from the comfort of your own home. 
You've got all sorts of, uh, every kind of fabric you could put on something. Unsure where to start? Joybridge design specialists are standing by to make your vision a reality for free, for free, for free. With Joybridge Protection Plan, your upholstery and leather pieces will always look as good as new without having to treat them like they're a museum. And with financing rates as low as zero, that must be as low as you can go, <laughs> APR for up to 36 months, you can relax and pay later. Each piece is made with incredible care using responsibly sourced materials free of harmful chemicals. Through partnership with groups like One Tree Planted, Joybird is helping conserve and restore Earth's most precious natural resources. Quality craftsmanship, stain and scratch resistant fabrics, and limited lifetime warranty, Joybird furniture can handle anything your family throws at it. Literally. Joybird stands by its quality and craftsmanship. If it's not everything you hope for, send it back. Create a space that brings you joy with Joybird. Visit joybird.com slash Head. To get 30% off your purchase, that's 30% off at joybird.com slash head. Very, very nice. Very nice, guys. You did a very good job. Customizable. Just like nothing. Like it's nothing. Like it's a regular word. Customizable just like Boom. that. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. We lost Joel Fishman this week. And uh, we lost him... uh, a couple days before the 35th anniversary of Joel Fishman changing our lives. Uh, Joel Fishman was a producer, talent booker, uh, casino uh, talent buyer. Yeah. Started out way back at uh, Trump Plaza. Yeah. And Trump Castle, was it called? Jesus. <laughs> I don't even remember. They blew it up good. Joel, you know, you so tend to just dismiss the business people. In show business. Mm-hmm. And uh, you've got, from one end of the spectrum, you've got, and I imagine this movie with Tom Hanks is going to be really interesting, but you've got Colonel Parker. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Absolute carny trash, stole probably 90% of Elvis's money, wouldn't let Elvis tour, tour overseas because he had warrants outstanding. I mean, all this is probably going to be covered. Yeah. That's why Elvis didn't tour overseas, because Colonel Parker couldn't get back if he went with him. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, you don't have Elvis without Colonel Parker. Right. You just, you just don't. Elvis is a good singer in Mississippi. Yeah. You know, and he probably does okay. You know, Sam Phillips probably puts out a record or two, but you certainly, uh, Elvis's career is, is, is Colonel Parker's career. Yeah. Right. I mean, maybe you have Elvis and maybe this is better. He doesn't do the movies where they cut his nutsack off and he does those horrible movies. Maybe he doesn't do that, you know? Right. Maybe he goes into the army and comes out and still does rockabilly. Yeah. We don't know. You know, we don't know if the pre-army, post-army Elvis stays the same. Uh, You certainly do not have the Beatles without Brian Epstein. Right. You know, deciding to come in after the Kennedy assassination, the haircuts, all that Brian Epstein put together, you know? Uh, You see, if you watch that, you know, that whatever it is, 12 hour get back. Yeah. You know, you really see how much they're missing Brian. 
I mean, Paul McCartney says several times, we need Brian Epstein. You know, they're completely foundering without him. And Joel Fishman, in a different way, completely guided our careers. And I'll tell you the Joel Fishman story because it is incredible. Uh, Joel Fishman uh, gets a job running ballet. He runs like the Pennsylvania Ballet, not for profit. And then he gets offered a job to book entertainment in Atlantic City at Trump Casinos. Okay. He makes that jump. Boom. And decides, he sees us off Broadway and decides we should play a casino. And he comes to us and we are playing off Broadway, New York City. We have just gotten the New Yorker and Rolling Stone and they're all blowing us, right? Uh, New York Times. You are the artistic kitties. We are just artsy, 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 right? We're doing, you know, long monologues. I, I, when you talk about me, you don't have to say long before monologues. (laughs) And we're doing, you know, pieces by candlelight. And, you know, uh, dark stuff with no music and no talking, you know, just doing the really hardcore Penn and Teller stuff. And then Joel Fishman, this dipshit from Atlantic City, comes in and goes, I want to book you in a casino. And Teller and I look at him like he's a Philistine. (laughs) We just go, I don't don't think uh, we're the kind of act you want. Never going to work. Thank you very much. And he kind of weasels his way into having lunch with us, right? And we're there. I don't know. I wish there were a word beyond condescending <laughs> that we could use for our attitude toward Joel Fish. Rippingly condescending? <laughs> yeah. you, you want us to play a casino. So yeah. people play slot machines, they come in, and we do our show, right? <laughs> How delightful that you'd consider that. No. No, we are off-Broadway, guys. You understand that? Mm -hmm. Off-Broadway. Let me refer you to the New Yorker's review of us, please. It doesn't say plays casinos anywhere. (laughs) Joel Fishman says, here's the deal. I'll book you with the Temptations. (laughs) So the Temptations, yeah, book you with the Temptations. And they can do a whole show without you. So I will pay you to do a week in Atlantic City. And uh, you do two or three nights of the seven I'm booking you. Two or three nights. If you don't like it, you just split and you keep the check. That's all. And on top of that, um, I want you to do your most difficult material. I don't want you to dumb it down even slightly. As a matter of fact, why don't you smart it up? (laughs) (laughs) Come down to Atlantic City. Yeah, Atlantic City. Yeah, Trump. Because at that time, yeah. the name Trump was meant Atlantic City. The, the, the same kind of bullshit it means now. Yeah. He was just tasteless, uh, bore, you know, yeah. just horrible piece of shit. So saying Atlantic City and Trump and casino all together, uh, and I'll pay you this amount, more money than you've seen ever. And you can just leave. Let me get this straight. <laughs> we don't like it. We split. Yeah. Yeah. So you're saying you do the first two or three nights, and if you don't like it, you're gone. Just go. And keep, keep being paid. He said, you can even argue if you hate the first night, you can split then. I'll pay you the whole week in advance. We'll have the temps just do the whole show. 
<laughs> well, you know, if you, uh, uh, we're not going to do, yeah, I want you to do the hard stuff. We don't, yeah. Well, okay. If you just, uh, what, you, you only think that these people can like you, no one else can like you. It's, okay. We'll send a limo for you and, uh, you drive down and then we got a rooms for you and, yeah, you know, you'll be set up there, and you go down and do your show, and then uh, we'll see. So tell her, yeah, they're, they're, they're not going to like us. They'll, they'll hate us, and then he will just throw us out after the first night. <laughs> we don't even have to say we don't like it. They'll just throw us out, you know? So we're there, and Temptations, Penn and Teller setting up our little precious, precious little show. Yeah. Precious little show. Precious. And, uh, everything's going to be just so, and tellers, you know, um, going around niggling, let's get this light in like this. Let's get this light in like that, you know? And I'm looking out there going, you know, very, very punk going, oh, great. They're serving drinks while we're working. Good. You know, <laughs> and then teller and I do purposely a slow moving, <laughs> no pizzazz show. As our fuck you to all casino culture. Wow. And we kill. (laughs) (laughs) And we like it. I mean, it's not that it's similar people to the off-Broadway audience. Yeah. It's the same people as the off-Broadway audience. It's, I mean, some of the actual same people. Yeah, Yeah, we saw you off-Broadway. We were down here. I thought we'd come see you. You guys are great. Ah, oh, man, the temps had better tell her. What a great evening. Okay, Joel, will you write that time? <laughs> <laughs> we'll take your money and do your stupid shows. <laughs> then, we, then we do BB King, do the four tops. Then we're in with Dana Carvey opening for us. And then Paula Poundstone opening for us, right? Yeah. And then we're doing double bills with BB King. And loving the show and then america is opening for us you know and i get to come out and go hmm been on the desert with a horse with no name (laughs) i get to open the penitella show by going plants and birds and rocks and things you couldn't think of another noun i mean a specific (laughs) noun (laughs) no i'm talking to you backstage come back out here tell me why things is in that song (laughs) having a great time and we're in suites and it's comfortable Yeah, and it, really nice audiences, you know, and, uh, and Joel goes, see, and then we're going to do uh, a movie and Joel says, shoot in Atlantic city. Uh, we'll set up everything for you, you know, make the, make the town really, he, he sets up all with the film commission, does all this. Joel's just always there. And Joel Books us and books us and books us. And while we're doing uh, Broadway, while we're touring, we're always back to Atlantic City. And we really like that. It's always with Joel. It's now gotten to the point that it's just like a handshake. Hey, we got this week open. Okay, I'll put you in. Yeah. We're done. Boom. And the audiences really like us. And Teller and I just go, our entire thing is just one day we just look at each other and go, wow. We were assholes. We're just absolute assholes. Tell goes, yeah, we're complete assholes. Yeah. These are really nice people. So he gets an offer. <laughs> he gets an offer to move to Vegas from Atlantic City. 
Big turmoil in his family, his family going to school, big thing to move everything. But he moves everything out to Las Vegas, and now he's in charge of booking Bally's and several other hotels. And Bally's includes the Celebrity Room. Right. Where Sinatra plays, Liza Minnelli plays, Willie Nelson plays, George Carlin plays. It is the showroom in Vegas. <laughs> Joel calls up and says, watch in the uh, Celebrity Room. And we go, like where Sinatra plays? <laughs> and he goes, yeah, yeah. And we go, no one's, I mean, Vegas is just like, oh, come on, we have to do this again? <laughs> do we really have to do this again? Do we really have to have this we're artists conversation? Yeah. We are so highfalutin. We play Atlantic City, but we won't play Vegas. Are we I said, we say, no, it's just that we shouldn't play the same place as Sinatra. He goes, well, the room's here and it's for you. And then he books us. In Las Vegas, at Bally's, in the celebrity showroom. Like, it is, you look at that first card, it's incredible. It's like, coming up, Olivia Newton-John, Engelbert Humperdinck, Frank Sinatra, Penn and Teller, George Carlin, Willie Nelson, Liza Minnelli. What the fuck? We're in the middle of there, right? And the whole town now, Penn and Teller aren't the ones, the whole town says to Joel, and I mean, I didn't realize this. He got a lot of heat. They're going, you're putting Penn and Teller in the celebrity room. He goes, uh, yeah. They go, they're not selling any tickets here. They're like they're like East Coast. They're like Stern. They're like Letterman. They, they're not going to play here. They won't play here at all. And his bosses actually get on his dick and say, mm, I, I don't think you should have done that booking. And the local paper says Joel Fishman books Penn and Teller to Celebrity Showroom. Big challenge for Vegas. We don't know if Vegas... There's an article on it. Wow. An article on don't book these guys in this room, right? So Teller and I get to Vegas, and it's amazing because we're on the Las Vegas Strip, mm -hmm. and the sign where I've seen Frank Sinatra's name, where you've seen stuff down there, now says in the most gigantic letters you've ever seen, it says Penn and Teller. Was it lit? The letters. <laughs> yeah, it was lit. <laughs> the letters are bigger than Penn's apartment in Manhattan. Yeah. <laughs> Unlimited shrimp. <laughs> and Teller and I, Joel says, come on with me. I want to do something, right? And so we go out to the sign, and there is a straight vertical ladder covered with pigeon shit. And Teller, Joel, and I climb straight up to the top of the marquee and look out where the letters are bigger than we are by a lot. They're like 15-foot letters up there, and we're out there kind of peeking out. Where be? This is not where any non-professional is supposed to go. Right. But we've climbed up all this pigeon shit, and we are there inside our names that are gigantic, right? And then... We open in the celebrity room, and we break the record for sales for the room. Now you're saying, wait a minute, Penn, you deluded motherfucker. You did not sell more tickets than Frank Sinatra in the celebrity room. You didn't do that. You didn't sell more tickets than Dean Martin. You didn't sell more tickets than Willie Nelson. These people are stars. You're a dipshit. You did not, ah, but we did. And here is the catch. Here is the asterisk. Here is the reason we broke all the records in the celebrity room. No friends. <laughs> 
and <laughs> no high rollers wanted to see us. Ah. So when you play the celebrity room, the, the, uh, artist gets X number of comps for their friends. Yeah. Right. And the hotel gets X number of comps for their high rollers. Want to see a show tonight? Right. Yeah. We did the first show in there with no friends and no high roll. <laughs> so we sold every ticket in the celebrity room. Never been done before just because we didn't have any friends. Caught them on a technicality. <laughs> yeah, uh, but we sold every ticket in that room. No one else had ever done it. Yeah. Everybody else had given away at least sure. one ticket. <laughs> yeah. So not had to have a hundred friends a show, right? Yeah, sure. Sure. <laughs> and the high rollers all wanted to see them. Yeah, yeah. So the sh tickets that are sold for Sinatra are going to be like 300 less than ours. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we sold out completely. And then with Joel Fishman, Vegas changed. He's the one, he's the first one to book the stones in a casino. Mm -hmm. First one to book the Rolling Stones in a casino. Wow. He did that. He brought in Regis and Kathy Lee. He got like the fifth dimension back together. He would get these ideas and do them. Now, when you uh, when you think about performers, you don't think what a huge change that is. And then, of course, the punchline is uh, Joel Fishman stopped hiring us. He did not hire us ever again because he worked for us. <laughs> we hired Joel. Yeah. And Joel worked on getting the uh, he he set up the deal yeah. at the Rio. And he was continuing that deal. And while he was um, on his deathbed, we were gathered around his deathbed with, with Glenn and with me and with Teller saying, um, here's the deal we're looking at for the Rio. And there's also <laughs> other offers coming in. And he has tubes in him. Yeah. And he's going, uh, what, what have they taken per ticket? <laughs> you know. Uh, with a very weak voice and of course with all of us crying he's actually doing business right up until the end but his business sense and this is the thing that people like Glenn and people like Joel Fishman it's business and they're really good business people really good business people but there is a love of show business that's greater than mine yeah it's a greater love of show business than mine yeah, yeah. you know they really think about what feels right in the room you know i mean uh glenn still spends huge amounts of time he has the largest collection of uh casino advertising in the world glenn yeah. has personal collection and um he looks over double bills you know yeah. Should Sandy Denny really have been with Don Rickles and that? <laughs> that's kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. He's thinking about that all the time. They just love show business. And I will, I will argue, I will argue that without Joel Fishman, eventually, I suppose, you have uh, the non-ironic entertainment in Vegas. Like you eventually have the Blue Man Group yeah. and you have Cirque and you have that. I think you get that without Joel Fishman. But you get it 10 years later. Yeah. I mean. Um, I don't think you have absinthe without Joel Fishman. No. No. When I first moved here, I didn't understand the town, but I was ambitious about trying to be an entertainer. Mm -hmm. And uh, your wife actually was like, well, if you're going to do try to think about doing anything, you should talk to Joel Fishman. Mm -hmm. And she's and she set me up with him. And he said, take me out to breakfast. 
Uh-huh. And I said, okay. And he, you know, just chose some like regular diner spot. Yeah. And he broke down what it meant to try to be an entertainer here. And it was the most educational thing I've ever experienced. I mean, basically, you know, when you talk about bringing you into Atlantic City, then bringing you here, people questioning what you're doing, you know, at that lunch, he said, you know, they can't change the size of the craps table. (laughs) (laughs) He said, they can't change the payouts of the slot machine. It's all regulated. The only thing they can change at a casino is what faces they put up on those billboards. (laughs) It's like the only thing that tells you to go here versus there. Everyone offers the same thing. The only thing that tells you to go here versus there is what faces you put up on those billboards. And that's what it means. He goes, so if you're going to think you're being an entertainer, think about why they should stick your face up on one of those things. <laughs> and that was like one of the first things he said, which I was like, let's get the check. I will not yeah, try to do <laughs> anything. That makes a lot of sense, of course. And that's not like, you know, there's no crown makers. There's no, you know, whatever. It's like no one's job is to figure out hidden talent and see if they can try to, you know, right. back a small little comedy thing. There's no talent counts. No, it's, it's just... Butts and seats, and that's it. And that's what else. He's like, he's like, before you even think about putting your show up, just know right now, without a fight, without a concert, without anything in town, there are five hundred thousand seats that want to be sold tonight. Before you start your show, <laughs> you know. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and, like, and then you have to budget on selling ten percent of those tickets, twenty percent of those tickets. If you budget for more, you'll fail and you'll close. And I was like, oh, okay. It was just <laughs> wonderful yeah. to sit down with Joel yeah. and look over the shows coming in yeah. over the next year. And he would just go, fail, fail, fail. That'll do good. That'll do good. Yeah. That's going to kill. Fail, fail, fail. And just right. Yeah. Just right. And uh, Glenn and, uh, and Joel would sit down with the Caesars people and they would tell them, we're going to try this big extravaganza. They'd go, don't. Yeah. Don't do that. No. Don't do that. And they would do that and lose all their money. Yeah. And uh, had J- Joel just had this set. Because, you know, many of the uh, entertainment directors in casinos yeah. are moved around from another department. Yes. They came in. They didn't come up in entertainment. That's the strangest thing about this town, yeah. for sure, is the, all these companies that own all these companies that then also own casinos. Mm-hmm. So all these people move into positions from the strangest places. And yeah. it's not like... You think if someone is like moving up from like a usher to right. room director to whatever. Yeah, they don't do that at all. No. It used to be that there were a dozen entertainment directors who were real entertainment directors yeah. and 11 jobs. Yeah. And they would rotate every year. Yeah. <laughs> it's just what yeah. it seemed like. And then there weren't. Yeah, now it's... now it's. I, I'm, I'm Joel's failure example. <laughs> Joel has taken me to people and gone, you should hire this guy. And they have it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, he was he'll be missed. Guy. Joel was, uh, and I'm talking about him like he was uh, an older mentor. Joel died at 70. Yeah. And he worked with us for 35 years. Yeah. So half of Joel's life was spent with, uh, yeah. with, uh, with Penn and Teller. Yeah. And he was there. And uh, he's the one, I mean, all these stories I've told over the years about Vegas, they're all, they all circle around. Yeah. There's Joel one Fisher. long suffering who we've not mentioned often. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when we insisted on being paid in cash, I've told that story a lot. Yeah, yeah. That was Joel. 
Yeah. Joe brought the briefcase back with the guard with all the money we were being paid for that night. You know, when I talked about wanting Dean Martin's showerhead in my room, yeah. that was Joel that made that happen. We talk about all the, all the, all the trials and tribulations of Sin City Spectacular. That was all Joel, you know. And the other thing I, I want to say just, I, it's better to leave it talking about Joel, but um, the amount that business people change show business is just unbelievable. I mean, we had someone else running our organization. Uh, we got rid of them, and then Glenn came in. And if you look at the Penn & Teller career, it changes entirely when that person takes over. That's when we go from bullshit to fool us. Uh, whole vibe changes. That's when we go to, you know, uh, doing reality shows. That's when we double the number of people in the audience. That's when everybody gets happier. Uh, everything gets more organized. It is amazing. And all of that drips into the actual performance. Yeah. You know what I mean? The Penn and Teller show would not be the Penn and Teller show without Joel Fishman. Yeah. And we so, we're so hung up. I mean, and there's, you know, there's reasons for that, but we're so hung up on the front person being what happens. You know, that's what happens. But I will guarantee you, although I know nothing about it, I will guarantee you that the Stones, what you see on stage, what you hear is not Mick Jagger and Keith Richards. There's a whole bunch of people Somebody, yeah. that make that make that thing happen. They've got their own Joel Fishman. And they really affect they affect every line of the show, every move of the show. You write different stuff because who's backing you up? You just do. Yeah. And uh I just uh I just could not uh I could not be missing uh Joel Fishman more. He was uh he was a big part of Penn and Teller and now we have um We've lost him. We were just over uh, with his wife to celebrate. He wanted to have a big celebration of 35 years working with Penn and Teller. He died before that, but they still had the balloons that said 35, and they had the big P&T, and we posed with his whole family, and it was really nice. So we'll miss you, Joel Fishman, and that was Penn Sunday School. That was Penn Sunday School. Cha-cha-cha. And to You become naked. Oh, Matt Donnelly's getting so good. He's actually opening his computer and getting ready for when I say, who do you want to thank? You didn't ask my last meal. Oh, I did, did I? What is it? The Souls of the Band. <laughs> I'm playing the long game. You know we love you. You got anybody to thank there, Matt? Yeah, the following people support us over at patreon.com slash pen. I want to thank people like Jeff Bacher, Eric, who thinks the show was better two years before Penn and Goudot were on, Dobell, Michael Torbay, Ilan Lee, Leah B., Jacob McCulley, Kelsey Johnson, Nicole Martin, Matthew Rausch, Crazy Cat Lady Scoop, Nick Hemsing, Music Man, Jamie Thrasher, Rachel Hawkins, Jake Schneider, Pete Hoke, Kelly McCauley, and Jeremy Davidson. Thank you.